Welcome to the Cornerstone Pick with Sermon Discussion Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into the previous week's sermon and explore thoughts and ideas that we didn't have time for in the sermon. My name is Jamie Wellman, one of the pastors here at Cornerstone. And I'm Steve Minter, one of the pastoral candidates here at Cornerstone. If you haven't heard the sermon yet, the one that we'll be discussing today, you can find that at cornerstonepickwood.org forward slash resources. We'll be discussing the sermon entitled Gospel Mailman from Colossians chapter 4, verse 7 to 9. We pray it is helpful. Well, Steve, we're back, and we're gathering again, and uh, all is well. We gathered yesterday for the first time in 62 days, eight weeks. We did two services. People showed up. The church has not collapsed. The building is still here. People, there were cars in the parking lot. Children are still alive. The sky didn't fall. It was, it was awesome. It was like, awesome. I, I, I'm very thankful that I was at both services. Um, very think I mentioned this yesterday. Very thankful I got to open yeah. both services. Yeah. I got to be the guy who officially welcomed the people who God has gathered together in this place back. Yeah, you did well, man. It was good. I left yesterday with a full heart. Like I was, I you know, I, there was no anxiety about gathering or anything like that. But I, I was just, you know, I didn't want to. To expect, you know, I I didn't know if we would have half the amount of people that we normally have, um, but you know, we had a good showing. Most people came. There's still a handful of folks who stayed home for right reasons, good reasons, and um, we're, we're thankful for the freedom that they have to do that. Um, but we we gathered and we Corey led us in amazing songs, and we got to hear one another sing. And oh man, it was great. I just was, I was so full. It was fantastic. So we did two services. How do you how do you feel about doing two services on a Sunday morning? I am appreciative that we have the opportunity to do two services, but I would also uh, I will also be appreciative very much when we can go back to one service. Me too. Jonathan Lehman will be very proud. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, he's a, a, a an author and a pastor that we Jamie and I both follow, who has written a book. Very, it's a very good book, but. It's just one of the arguments he makes is church should be one service, but that's neither here nor there at this point. <laughs> but I think even Jonathan Lehman, for as against of multiple services as the man is, I think even he would be all right with us doing two services because we're doing it as a concession. Like if we had a choice, we would not be doing two services. And thankfully, yeah. soon, hopefully, we won't have to do two services. Yeah. We're just doing I, it. I kind of wonder if the people of Cornerstone Piqua are going to decide we're all going to show up for the same service, and then we're going to have an empty second service. And so we're basically going to be back to one service. That's my suspicion as well, man. Hanging like, out <laughs> for when the second service should be with nobody new. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> that's kind of almost, not quite, but almost what happened yesterday. Uh-huh. So many people signed up to be at the second service, just showed up at the first service. Yeah. The first service was much more populated than the second service. Yeah. And both were both were good. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely more more people at the first service. Also, how about our punctuality? Like we I track nailed it. It's like we 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 are pros at this. Yeah, not we, that we want to be pros at two <laughs> services, but I kept track and 
it went, we were trying to get an hour, yeah. and we were exactly an hour both yeah, times. Both times, Matt Flora closed the service, and on his amen, you looked at your watch, one hour on the minute. Exactly. We nailed it. That was great. So lots of reasons to be thankful for yesterday. So the text that we dealt with, why don't you pull it up and um, read it for us? We were in Colossians chapter 4, and we're... We're getting to the, we're towards the end, we're actually at the end of this uh, beautiful letter that Paul wrote, and he's now in in this part of his letters that Paul usually does, where he's he's doing these greetings to mm-hmm. people, uh, and he's saying hi to so-and-so, and he lists a bunch of names, and 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 here he's he's giving, he gi- he's giving some, uh, s- some, just some details about travel plans of two of his friends. So why don't you go ahead and read the passage? I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. This is the super exciting part. The I, I know when you do Bible studies, this is probably people's favorite part of the book. Yeah, It's uh, chapter 4, verse 7 of Colossians. So it starts with Tychicus. We'll greet you, we'll tell you about all of my activities. He is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are, and he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who was one of you. And they they will tell you everything that has taken place here. What I think is interesting, just off the top, Paul included this in the letter that Tychicus is going to bring. So they're not going to know that Tychicus is going to bring the letter they're going to know any of this information until Tychicus shows up and tells them about all of his activities. Like all of this stuff in this section would have already, they would have already known it all because yeah. he already told it to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if he hadn't encouraged them yet, they would finish the letter reading it to the church and they'd be like, okay, okay Tychicus. you're up. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Thankfully, Paul let me know what I'm supposed yeah. to do in his letter. So how is Paul doing anyway? Uh, yeah. So no, it's, it's really an interesting text, and uh, I sort of include this in the sermon. So I knew weeks ago, because you know, you and I had been talking, and I had been in, interacting a little bit with the Miami County Health Department about when to regather, and so we had, uh, you, me, and, and Matt Flora had been, been talking about when would be a good time for us to begin regathering, how to do that. We had a pretty good idea of when we're going to do that a while ago, mm-hmm. and so when I, when I knew that, uh, I looked on my little calendar here, which we put together in the fall last year, about what text I'd be preaching. And uh, I saw that it was going to be this this text, this guy named Tychicus, this guy named Onesimus carrying letters. And I was like, Lord, I don't, like everybody's going to be coming back. They're going to be expecting something big and majestic. They're going to be expecting like some big thing on maybe what is church or like who is God, like big Ephesians 1 kind of stuff. Like I kind of wished I could go back to Colossians 1 and start there because that's a big passage. Uh, But I just decided, you know what, Lord, this isn't by accident. You knew this was going to happen. I'm just going to preach it. And then I started studying it. Bro, I cried last week. It kind of reminds me of what happened with uh, John Calvin. Right, so he gets kicked out of his church, um, kicked out of Geneva. He sent he he goes to Strasbourg. He says it's the best time of his life, just studying and everything. And then they come to him, hat in hand, repent of kicking him out for for no reason. And he comes back, 
And instead of preaching a I told you so type sermon, yeah. he goes to the next verse yeah. on what they had been studying. Three years ago. Three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he just he just launches in. He just he's just sticking with the text that got that he's in and just teaching the whole counsel of God. Yeah. But then like you were saying, it fit. It fit. Like Yeah. Yeah. It was just the perfect text to get back together because what it does, these kinds of things, all they do for me anyway, well, not all they do, but one of the things that they do for me is they just reemphasize to me that God's word, we call it God's word because it's God's word mm-hmm. that it is inspired by God and that God has seen to keep these precious little details like the travel plans of Paul's mailmen in these letters 2,000 years later, in a across the world, now we're studying these things. So, why, why, why do you think it is that in almost all of Paul's letters you see these little details, all these little greetings, and some information kind of behind the scenes? Why would God preserve those details for us? Well, I I think um, it it shows the the church from all ages we, we we know about this guy named Tychicus but we don't know much but we know that he existed and then he was with Paul and then he worked with Paul and Paul calls him a fellow servant in the Lord and a faithful minister i want to meet this guy yeah you know we, we are encouraged by his faithfulness, even though we really don't know much about him, we know this guy is mentioned five times in the New Testament, and once is in in connection with uh, him going to Ephesus to care for Timothy's church, mm-hmm. while Timothy goes and visits Paul. Who knows how long that took? Yeah, you know, months of, of travel to get there months there with Paul and then months of travel back. You know, so Tychicus shows up and he cares for this church who, as you mentioned yesterday, very well could have still included Mary, the mother of Jesus. <laughs> and he, he, he could have been, this guy Tychicus could have been Mary, the mother of Jesus's pastor. Yeah. And he could have been there with, um, John, the apostle. Yeah. Yeah, and just pastoring with John the Apostle. Yeah, you imagine. Pre- so you're right now. Apostles. You are right now preparing a sermon that, that Lord willing, you'll preach in not this coming week, but the week after. And uh, can you imagine if you were now sitting down to prepare a sermon, knowing the Apostle John is sitting and listening to your sermon, like the guy was with Jesus, and you're trying to exegete. The words of Jesus, that would be, yeah, you'd be like, you'd be calling John the night before the sermon and being like, bro, I'm just going to read my sermon to you, and you just tell me what I screwed up, and I'll change it right now. Yeah. Actually, I'll just hand it to you, you make the adjustments, and then I'll just preach it. This is, John is the guy who who was with Jesus after Jesus rose from the dead, when it says Jesus were, was with them for 40 days and nights, and opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Yeah. 
Who needs commentaries? <laughs> Who needs Logos Bible study software at that point? Just right. talk to John. Yeah. John was with Jesus, and Jesus opened his mind yeah. to understand the scriptures. Yeah. You know, but but this guy Tychicus pastored at the church that John was at in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. So part of why we have I why why I believe God preserved these things is because it gives us a can partly it gives us connection to our fellow brothers and sisters from thousands of years ago that in no way would we otherwise otherwise know. And then this is something that you mentioned as we're as we're chatting about this before we we turn the mics on. But it, it shows us Paul's ecclesiology. Mm-hmm. So Paul's understanding of what the church is and what the purpose of the church is. Because just the way that Paul talks about uh, greeting these different people, and he he's he knows the names of all these different people, and and the, just the interconnectivity of Paul with the 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 members and the the congregants of these other churches, um, and just how he 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 encourages them, and we're all in this together, which we'll we'll get to, and um, the. He, he says here in verse 8, I have sent him to you for this very purpose. What's the purpose? That, why did Paul send Tychicus? That you may know how we are, and he may encourage your hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the purpose of the church. And you see how Paul understands what the purpose of the church is in these things. And and it's nothing explicitly stated. It's just It's in the way Paul breezes over statements. We just make statements. He takes, he almost like he takes certain concepts for granted. Yeah, and well, we can glean so much from that. Yeah, we can. You're so right because in our day, church has seemed to take on a lesser role in the lives of the individual believer than it ever has. It seems to me, from what I understand of church history, it has taken a lesser role. Maybe with exception to some of the uh, Middle Ages, where the church was this institutional thing, but. Throughout church history, in general, church life was a major part of Christian life. A Christian living day to di- day to day was fellowshipping with other believers in the Lord, and and most of that was because those were really your family. You know, be, by becoming a Christian, there was there was lines in the sand being drawn, and people would be shunning you, and you might be enduring some persecution, and so it kind of cloistered you together. Um, and you're so right. In, in, the, in the Apostle Paul's letters, you see the connectedness of the local church. And it, it he breezes over it. And I don't think we should breeze over it because we are in a day in which there's this constant individualization of everything in the faith. And so we need to remember that this is a very novel thing that it's me and Jesus in my Bible and little else, and then I'm going to go to heaven. There's little connection to the local church. And it, it is a constant reminder to us in the letters of Paul throughout the New Testament that we need one another. I mean, how many one another's are there actually in the New Testament? There's like, was it 43 or something, 34, something like this. Mm-hmm. It's dozens of times we see the Apostle Paul saying, do this for one another, serve one another, love one another, care for one another, bear one another's burdens. It's over and over and they over again. They will know you are Christians by your love for one another. Yeah. 
<laughs> like that's the mark. Yeah. And, Dash and it, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so said Jesus. Yeah. 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 So so it's it's not something we should just breeze over. Um, so we have two guys in this text. We have a man named Tychicus, whom you've mentioned, and an, and a man named Onesimus. So who who is this man, Tychicus? You had mentioned he shows up several times. Um, what are we to learn from the little we know of this man? Well, we know he he was a traveling companion with Paul. Um, we find that in in Acts uh, chapter twenty. Um, we know that uh, he he brought the letter to the Ephesian church. Mm-hmm. The this this the letter to the Ephesians, which is such a a, a, a great great letter like ephesians philippians colossians all three of these letters are amazing Tychicus carried the the letter to the colossians he carried the letter to the ephesians and he carried this is a point that you made in your sermon which i thought i never i never thought about but it's it's likely that he was carrying all three of those letters at the same time yeah he had he had scripture freshly written, fresh from the pen of the apostle mm-hmm. um, in his pocket. And he carries it across the world, basically, to these other church, to these churches. Yeah. Ephesians, Colossians, and then to a guy by the name of Philemon. Um, and uh, so let me ask you this question. Did Paul know he was writing God's word? Did he know what he was writing was inspired by the Holy Spirit? I think he did. I think he did because I'm trying to remember the the passage right now. But there's there's a passage in when in one of Paul's letters um, where he's he's talking about the scriptures and he he he's he connects what he's writing and what other apostles are writing. He connects that with the Old Testament scriptures, which would have been the Bible of the, of the New Testament, New Testament times. So when New Testament believers, before this letter was written and broadly circulated among the churches, before all of the church had this letter to the Colossians, they were using probably predominantly what was called the Septuagint, which was a Greek translation of the Old Testament. And so Paul, but then they also had... Hebrew translations of the Old Testament, but predominantly you're, you're talking Greek speakers. You're Colossians, Ephesians. These are Greek-speaking cities within the Roman Empire. And so you had Paul saying that his, basically, things that he writes is in, with these on other... On par, yeah. On par with. And he connects those two together. Peter does the same thing in Second Peter. He says... He says that he knows some of the things by our brother Paul are difficult to understand. Amen. But they're profitable like the other scriptures. Well, yeah, people twist them. To Yeah, people yeah, twist them to, to their, their destruction own. like they do the other scriptures. And, and so he, he's using that like the other scriptures. Yeah. So other, the, the, the connection there. People are twisting the words of Paul. Even at the very beginning, people are twisting the words of Paul like they do with the other scriptures. So Peter's connecting those two. Those things are scripture. Yeah, he didn't say that they're twisting Paul's letters like they do scripture. He said like they do the other scripture. So he's likening scripture, yeah. Yeah. which they would have understood to be the Old Testament, as you mentioned, 
and Paul's writing. So very much people understood. So Tychicus would likely have known that he's, he has precious cargo. Yeah. He, has, he has letters from the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, going to these churches. Yep. And he knows that this is an important thing, and he is faithful in, in this task. He's a messenger boy. That's what he is. He's not being sent at this point to go preach. and oh, He's not going to evangelize, although he's going to encourage the churches. His main point is a male person. He's a mail carrier at this point, but he's not a mail carrier of just any letter. And with him, there's a man named Onesimus. Mm-hmm. Who's Onesimus? From what we know from this, from the book of from the book of Philemon, um, Onesimus was a a, a slave, um, and he was whether he was a slave via conquest, where the Roman where the Roman army would go and they would. Um, conquer an area and take slaves from the survivors, um, which was, in, in a way, that was, <laughs> that was a blessing to the person being conquered. Is you could either die or you could become a slave. And you could win your slavery. You could earn your slavery in that, or, or earn your, your freedom from slavery in that culture. So um, so we, we, we don't know in what way he became a slave. We don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways that a lot of people would be, become slaves in that culture is you, you would incur a debt, and in order to pay off the debt, you would sell yourself to your debt holder, um, and you would work off your debt. But when you were a slave, it was even in that situation, it wasn't a cushy life. It wasn't, um, uh, it wasn't easy on you, you know? And so regardless of how Onesimus became a, the slave of Philemon, this apparently leader in the church of, at Colossae, um, at least his house was used for meeting. Um, we find there in, in the book of Philemon, but, um, Onesimus runs away. He, he ran. So Colossae, and if you could look at your, your look at the map of, of the ancient world, you see where Colossae is at, you see where Rome is at. Um, Onesimus runs from Colossae and it's like a thousand miles over two seas, over Several countries, not easy. And they didn't have Uber. They didn't have cars. They didn't have planes. They didn't have trains. Right. And it, like they, it was on foot. And as a runaway slave, regardless of whether or not you were a slave by conquest or a slave because you sold yourself to pay off a debt, even if you had, even if you owed five bucks left and you ran away, you you could be executed for running away. Yeah, you were you were property. And so he's running and he's hiding and he ends up in Rome. Which, like you point out, it's a city of two million people, and he ends up finding the one guy, the one right? guy, the guy <laughs> by the million. name of Paul. Yeah. So we don't know how he connects with Paul. Maybe he met up with Tychicus. Maybe he met up with with Luke or some of these other people who were traveling with Paul, and they said, "Hey," and they introduced him to Paul. And so, but but I think it's interesting in this passage. So Onesimus is a runaway slave. So that's not something that we would call faithful. He's not being faithful to his his responsibility as a slave. Yeah. But Paul calls him that. Yeah. He calls him our faithful and beloved brother. Paul teaches him, Paul trains him. Paul gives gives him or Tychicus this letter 
send them back. And Paul entreats Philemon on behalf of Onesimus that Philemon will take him back and love him as a brother, mm-hmm. you know, and not not be harsh with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so we give a, a, a um, an itinerant pastor and a runaway slave traveling across the world together. Matt, how surreal is that for for Onesimus? He runs from Colossae ends up in Rome, and then he travels that same road back. Wow. Yeah. What, what grace of the Lord yeah. to find him and to save him and then to restore him to his former master. And, and Paul says that in the book of Philemon. He's like, maybe this is why you were parted for a short time so that he can be returned to you, not for a short time, but forever. Man, if you don't believe in the sovereignty of God in salvation, you're just going to have a hard time with Paul. <laughs> you're just going to have to take issue with Paul because he sure does. He sure yeah. says, this is probably why he ran away. He ran, he ran away on his own free will, okay, as a slave. And it just so happened that he ran into me while I was in prison. And like you, I led him to the Lord. And now... I'm reconciling you two. These two used to be like a master-slave relationship. Now is brother-brother relationship. And I'm restoring these two things. I love how Paul does it in Philemon. Man, I can't, one day I hope to be able to, for our church to be able to work through Philemon together. Because Paul doesn't command Philemon. He says, I could command you if I wanted, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to tell you what you should do. And... You know, because he reminds him, I led you to the Lord. So receive him back as a brother. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel. Because yeah. like, like Onesimus, we all ran from our master, and God found us, and God forgave our debts to our master, and he took the penalty. I mean, it's not like Onesimus' money, like he's, he's not like just carrying a bunch of money back to mm-hmm. Philemon to pay off his debt. Philemon is being told by Paul in an underhanded way, you got to forgive him, brother. Now, you got to forgive him. He's your brother. And so Philemon is to absorb the loss, just like Jesus absorbed our sin. And I love that portion of your sermon where, where you contrasted those two. Yeah. The, the, those two things were Philemon, it, Paul is asking Philemon to absorb the loss, take, take it on so that he can be restored forever. Yeah. And that is exactly what Christ did for us. We, uh, we, we were rebellious. We ran from Christ. Yeah. We ran from, from God, our maker, our creator. We ran from him. All in Adam die. We have fallen in Adam. And we're, we're in living in open rebellion to who God, to, to God, our creator. But then Christ, Christ steps in and says, I will take the punishment of, for your sin. And it, that's, which is, that's a picture of what, what Paul is using that relationship between Philemon and, and Onesimus. And you can see that th- yeah. those parallels there, yeah. you know, where it's just, a, it's just a small picture of the greatness of what, of what Christ has done. Well, it's, it's, you see, you know, gospel centered is a, is a kind of a catchphrase yep. in our circles. And it, but it, it really isn't a catchphrase for Paul. He sees the relationship, a, a severed relationship between a master and a slave as a gospel issue. 
The reconciliation of these two people mm-hmm. is a gospel issue. And yeah. so there's a lot of application there for us. If, if some brothers or some sisters in the Lord that we know, they had a breaking down of their relationship. If one owed one person something mm-hmm. else, maybe they lent something and they broke it, or maybe their friendship was broken down because of some misunderstanding or whatever. That's a gospel issue. That because Jesus has absorbed the loss, we have been reconciled to him as if we were free of that debt. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is, applies to interpersonal relationships within the church. Because we are gospel people, when we suffer a loss, we absorb it. Because that's what Jesus did for us. And because we understand that the reconciliation of that person to me is far more important than me getting paid back for what I've lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it kind of leads us to the last thing that we talked about in this passage, uh, which was that in this passage, you see uh, the togetherness. We sort of already touched on it in that Paul is sending Tychicus and Onesimus on a thousand mile journey because he wants the Coloss- Colossian church to know how he's doing. Why is that important? Why is Why in Paul's mind do you think, is it important that the Colossian church knows how he's doing? Because as we hear so often in this pandemic, we're all in this together. Amen. (laughs) Um, That's what Lady Gaga told me, that we're all in this together. And I believe her. When she talks, Jamie Wellman listens. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say I'm glad one of us does, but I'm actually not. Um, But, yeah, I think it goes back to, I think it's something you mentioned before. This, we, this is the family. Like, he, he's using that language. He's our faithful brother. He is a beloved brother, right? So there's, we are, we, that, there's that song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, right? But it's, it's, it's true. You know, it says we are adopted into the family of God. We are adopted by God the Father. You know, and, and so it, there is this familiar relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something my wife mentioned yesterday after after the service. Um, she said, it was the same thing that Matt, Matt Flora said, is don't even, we didn't even realize how much we needed the gathering of the saints. Yeah. In this place, yeah. Until we got here and we we met, and we gathered, and then you realize this is what I've been missing yeah. for for weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I I had sort of mentioned that in the message that this is why it's been so hard. If it's felt, if you have felt off, if you have felt like more easily frustrated. And if you have hated watching church, the quote-unquote, air-quote, church on your TV or on your iPad or whatever. How would you enjoy that? It was not enjoyable at all. <laughs> it was, you know, not very many people get the pleasure of hearing themselves recorded. You do. Because you you sometimes listen back to these audio recordings, but it's a it's a joy to be able to hear your own voice in recording. Well, you get a double not that. That's the in a language couple... I would use. <laughs> in two weeks, you will get the double joy of not just hearing yourself, but if you would 
if you would do yourself a solid and rewatch your sermon after we record it, you'll know it's miserable. It's you you see all of the like things that you just don't realize about yourself, all those little ticks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's been hard about it. The thing that's been hard is that we've not been able to be together. You're so yeah. right. You know, it, we have not been together. There's something. Like obviously the author of Hebrews kind of knew what the what what he was saying when he wrote, do not, for the sake of being able to encourage one another and stir one another up to love and good works, do not forsake yeah. the gathering of the of the assembly. And that, that's something that my wife and I talked about yesterday. We got home and listen, I were talking and and there is a a difference because we've we've still been in contact. Like um, the lady's been using the Marco Polo app, where you send a short video of yourself or something. And um, we've we did uh, small group one time over Zoom. Um, it's that's not super easy to do, um, but we we have technology to to see each other face to face live, right? But it it's not the same. It isn't. And and so it's so easy um when when you're separate um to not really see that person as a person. You know what I mean? It's the same thing when you're on Facebook and you, you they have the we call them the keyboard warriors, right? And they, they just go out there and they 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 attack people on Facebook or they get in these debates or conversations on Facebook that they would never have in real life with that person. Right. Right. Because there's just something different. Yeah. About embodied conversation where it's, it's you're literally seeing that person in the same room as you having that conversation. Yeah. We, we, it's the person is less of, less of an idea but they're they're a real person and we need that mm-hmm. god created us for that yeah it's like when when you're on the road <laughs> people get road rage i don't get road rage i'm too holy but like i'm from new england i do oh okay <laughs> well people get road rage you get cut off in traffic someone some, someone pulls out in front of you in traffic you're Laying on your horn, screaming at them. You might give them the one finger salute or something. You tell them they're number one. Tell them they're number one, and you're just furious, right? But then you're you're, you're waiting in line at the grocery store, and someone steps in front of you, and you're like, "Oh, it's no big deal." It's like, yeah, here, here you go. It's not a big deal. It's whatever. No, no, I still get road rage. <laughs> you get if like got a cart, Kroger rage. If I got a cart, that's my vehicle. Yeah, right? but you know what? You have a cart. Like, if your cart's full and somebody walks up there with just like two or three items, you're going to be like, hey, go ahead. You guys can go ahead. I'm not in any hurry. It's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah, exactly. But like when we're on the road, there's some separation. Like, you're separated by two walls of metal and 30 feet. They're just that car. That's right. Yeah. And you're you. Yeah. Yeah. The, you, the, you, we disembody that person. Right. And it just, it just comp- is compounded online. And so. This just kind of calls out to this need that we have to be face-to-face together and to ask one another, how are you doing and how can I pray for you and what is the Lord doing in your life and what, what is the Lord teaching you? And uh, w- one of my closest friends, a guy named Travis, is just, he's just great for this because we don't, it's, he's, he's one of those guys that you probably have people like this in your life where when you're talking to them, you don't have to like, force the conversation to go 
in the direction of like, this is what the Lord's been showing me in my life, mm-hmm. or here's what's going on in, in, in my spiritual life. It just flows that way. It's just, you just have this connection, mm-hmm. and then you just go there. And it's so encouraging to be around that person. We need those connections, and we would do well to spend as much effort as we can. Paul gave, a, gave two guys to a thousand-mile journey just so that he could let the Colossian, uh, Colossian people know, I'm still here. I'm okay. And you're going to be all right. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or questions about anything that we discussed today, head on over to cornerstonepickwood.org and click on the Contact Us link. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or just search for Cornerstone Pickwood. If you don't have a home church, we gather every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 for now. We had some people show up yesterday at like 9, and they were like, where's everybody at? And then they left, and then they come back later. Uh, So 9.30 and 11 right now. But hopefully, Lord willing, very soon, maybe July, we'll go back to 10.30. So we don't actually know when we meet. Just, how about this? Show up at around 9.30, and if no one's here, just stick around, because eventually someone will. Somebody will be here to chat. (laughs) Eventually. Well, you can find us, uh, find directions to our church on our website. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening.